Hey everyone, before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive a personal cover. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for an initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that wants to grow, Hustle is an open door leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Hello, welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, and joining me from CBS Sports is Chris Trapasso, and also the Prospect Podcast, of which I am a regular guest. So what is up, Chris? Well, it feels pretty good to be able to return the favor to you that you come on, you team me up, we talk draft, my area of expertise, uh, and then now to come on to the Vikings podcast, you're a Purple Insider um, it's good to get super specific, and we'll do this on the Prospect Podcast as we get closer to the draft in April, talk about team-specific needs and prospects and players, and for Vikings fans to get a little jump on that right now, or who are some possibilities, who should I be watching YouTube highlights of as they get close to picking somewhere around pick 13 in April. It's a lot of fun to come onto your podcast. So if uh, you are a draft Nick, if you enjoy the draft, as I would say 98% of the nation does, but uh, we talk about all the teams, all the needs, all the positions and everything like that. Um, and every once in a while, a Vikings take sneaks its way in there because of uh, every time, you, every yeah. time, every time I try to avoid it, but it's hard not to make the comparisons when we're talking about drafting certain positions. And I say, maybe you shouldn't take a center in the first round. I'm not referring to anyone specific. <laughs> and especially we've been talking so much early on as we relaunched the podcast about quarterbacks. And you have this like baseline quarterback of Kirk Cousins that can be really good if things are perfect around him, but not great when things aren't. And then Justin Jefferson having a fantastic rookie season, I think will get some votes. I don't know if he's going to win offensive rookie of the year because of Justin Herbert, but it's been easy to kind of get in some Viking stuff. And that allows you, it tees you up to be able to speak to what you've seen and what you report on in Minnesota about Justin Jefferson and Garrett Bradbury and Kirk Cousins and how it pertains to the NFL draft. Well, and you, uh, Chris, are an incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to the draft. And so if you're interested, just go find it wherever you get your podcast. Type in The Prospect, and uh, you will be able to find Chris and I talking all things draft, which we are going to do on this episode, but specifically aimed toward the Minnesota Vikings. What I want, Chris, is just a primer here. Uh, Most Mm -hmm. people who even watch college football on Saturdays, 
or Wednesdays or Tuesdays or whenever college football gets played now. Um, you know, they, they're not looking for every single draft prospect. You know, the quarterbacks stick out. I think everyone knows the quarterbacks. But beyond that, the Vikings have a lot of needs. Still, though, I want to ask you about a quarterback first because just before we went on, I decided – you know, I should do a little draft sim here. And the first guy that pops up in a draft sim who is still available on, on the board for the Vikings is Trey Lance. And I think Trey Lance is the source of a ton of intrigue going into official draft season. And I don't know what to do with Trey Lance. He played one game and it was against what? Central Arkansas? I mean, what are yep. we supposed to do with a guy who has not played for quite some time but was considered the last time he played as a potential high first-round draft pick? Yeah, he will be the X factor, the dark horse, whatever word you want to use at the quarterback position. It's a very hyped quarterback class because of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. You have Zach Wilson that's really inserted himself into the top five overall pick conversation he might based on what Justin Fields does in the college football playoff Zach Wilson has a good chance to be the second quarterback off the board after that there's a lot of intrigue is it Kyle Trask is it Mac Jones from Alabama and then you have this one year full starter at North Dakota State Trey Lance sitting there who got to play one game and you're right it was against Central Arkansas kind of this exhibition game really for him I think his coaches there said, let's get this star quarterback one opportunity to show himself. But that's all we got from him this season. Uh, he will probably be available when the Vikings go on the clock. That Talking to you about this right before we started recording, I think a lot of these players who decided to opt out, not that anyone's blaming them and not that NFL teams and GMs are going to be upset that they opted out or say it questions their leadership or their football character but we just haven't seen them. And there's so much, there's bowl game bias, there's recency bias, there's all that that factors into where these players are ultimately picked. To not have seen really anything from Trey Lance this year, I think that's going to cause him to drop down the board for almost every team. That if he would have put up ridiculous stats at North Dakota State, they're a powerhouse at the FCS level, we would probably be talking about him as a top 10 lock because in terms of his raw talent both with his arm and his legs he's a top half of the first round pick just on those two criteria alone so and I think it would make a lot of sense for the Vikings can't really move on from Kirk Cousins you have this raw quarterback and what I think and me being a Buffalo guy I've seen this happen the Bills backup to Josh Allen is Matt Barkley the opposite quarterback of him and Josh Allen and Matt Barkley have both said that Josh Allen being in the quarterback room with a quarterback that has to win with anticipation and accuracy and knowing where to go with the football, someone like Trey Lance landing in Minnesota with a cerebral quarterback in Kirk Cousins that's not going to really extend a lot of plays, knows where to go with the football, great with the X's and O's, that would be a great mentorship for one season for Trey Lance. And then you could really unleash him in 2022. I think that there would be huge disappointment if Trey Lance was on the board and the Vikings decided to go any other position just because everybody knows the formula by now. I don't think anyone watched Kirk Cousins and said, oh, he's trash, you have to get rid of him or whatever. But everyone knows the formula and what it means to have a quarterback on a, on a rookie contract and, and how valuable that can be. I mean, Carson Wentz 
uh, was on an unbelievable team in 2017, in part because they were able to bring in all these free agents, the, you know, guys like Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey and Patrick Robinson. They were just stacking up guys off the free agent waiver wire. And then, you know, they were also able to, you know, draft and develop some other guys and, uh, you know, sign Jason Peters to a huge contract and make sure they kept all their high priced superstars as well. I mean, that's that's how you get there. It's usually not by having the 10th best quarterback in the league on the biggest contract in the league, which Kirk Cousins will be very close next year. And then in 2022, it's absolutely massive. It's a 40-something million, which you know needs to be renegotiated, extended, whatever. And so you need to make your decision now, I think, on whether you want to keep Cousins long-term or if you want to draft someone else and not wait until the next draft, especially, Chris, because this is a great quarterback draft I think at at the the top where you have three or four guys who have elite skills or the potential to be great quarterbacks, the NFL and Trey Lance is one of them. Yeah. And I think one thing that we talk about on the prospects and and will remain a theme over the next few months as we get closer to the 2021 draft, that I'm a firm believer that even if you are picking number 13 overall, it's, it's not a premium pick, not top five, that you need to aim high at the quarterback position that I think Vikings fans understand. Like you said, no one thinks Kirk Cousins is a terrible quarterback, but we've probably already seen his ceiling individually and what that ceiling from the quarterback spot will lead the team ceiling to be. Maybe you win one playoff game, but then you just looked overmatched in the second round. That's what I think the Vikings fans and the Vikings organization need to move away from. And what's interesting about and what makes Trey Lance such a captivating option there at number 13 overall is that he has that elite upside. Like he can be in this young wave of very athletic quarterbacks that have very strong arms that, and again, we talked about this on the prospect that might come into the league a little bit raw. Patrick Mahomes sat his first 15 games, he got that late start as a rookie. Um, that was huge for him. And Josh Allen has really sharpened a lot of his rough edges in the NFL as he's progressed into an MVP candidate in year three. That's kind of the book on Trey Lance. If you're going to speak about it generally, he's raw. He has a huge arm, can flick it down the football field, 50, 60 yards, intermediate level, a lot of velocity, and he's so athletic. He reminds me of a better version of Colin Kaepernick stylistically. And Colin Kaepernick went in the second round, played in the Super Bowl. Uh, So I think if you have that, you're aiming high. You're saying, we're picking this player. We're not hoping in three years we're 9-7 and with him. You could be having an MVP caliber type quarterback. And then usually when that happens, your team is winning 12 or 13 games in the regular season. And the the funny thing is, uh, I think that Vikings fans um, would initially react when we talk about drafting a quarterback to, well, do you really want to bring him in with Mike Zimmer, with Gary Kubiak? They want the run first type of thing. But I also think that a system like this has proven to help quarterbacks for the most part. I think they just need to tweak the sliders when it comes to the run pass ratio and lean it a little more toward Justin Jefferson and a little less toward Delvin Cook, or at least use Delvin Cook differently out of the backfield in the past. 
passing game, but that's a different rant. Um, but if you're a, a young quarterback, we even see this with Mitch Trubisky, where all of a sudden Chicago goes to this Kubiak style. They kind of switch uh, the light switch on to play action and outside zone and rollouts and things like that. And then all of a sudden Trubisky, who's not good and hasn't gotten better, is all of a sudden putting up better numbers. He's still doing the stupid things that he does, throwing interceptions in the end zone, but he can use his athleticism on those rollouts and he can throw to open receivers with crossing routes and things like that. I mean, if you start a young quarterback in that position, I think they actually have a really good spot. And if it's someone like Trey Lance that they want to run more often with and then look for big shots, I think that that's not a bad fit. I mean, I I think it's a little pie in the sky, but I also wouldn't count it out because I, I wonder if they're thinking the same thing that we're thinking about kind of where this roster is. And it's not, Hey, draft a defensive line in the first round. You're all set Super Bowl. I, I don't, I don't think that anyone should look at this roster and feel that way. Yeah. And to that point about how quarterback friendly this, the Kubiak Shanahan system is, it's not just the Vikings. I mean, look around the league. There's a lot of other teams running this now and it is very quarterback friendly. What me just being a football fan wants to see. I want to see someone that is very athletic and has a gigantic arm in this system because all around the league, like in San Francisco, you have Jimmy Garoppolo in Minnesota, you have Kirk cousins. There've been so many of these quarterbacks in this system that are these game managers that have weaker arms that run the system. Well, but we see this cap on how good they can be and how good their teams can be. I want to see, I mean, I, I, the only one that's really close of late is Matt Ryan being in this system when he won the MVP and the, and the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. Like I want to see a transcendent talent in this system because we know you can get 67% completion. You can get close to eight yards per attempt, but then when you're facing a tough defense or your left tackles out, or you don't have a great secondary receiver, once you get to the playoffs, you're really capped on maybe winning one game. I want to see someone like Trey Lance start his career with a lot of these easy play action rollouts. And then let's see some of the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson type stuff in this quarterback friendly system. I think it's a great offense to land in initially where you're not having to make a ton of uh, full field reads in a split second, right when you're trying to get acclimated to the speed of the NFL. But I'm just really looking forward to, and it would be fun if Trey Lance landed in Minnesota because he really has the skill set to take this quarterback-friendly system and maybe raise it up another peg, and we can finally see what it looks like if it's not Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard or Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) or Kirk Cousins running in this system. Yeah, that's a great point that it's usually a system that works to kind of protect quarterbacks from themselves a little. But, I mean, the name that comes to mind for me is John Elway. Like, it it really took, you know, John Elway, along with a great roster, of course, and and an all-time great running back. But um, that, you know, if you want to see what a guy with elite skills does with it, well, that's, you know, that's what happened. And, And even when Kubiak was with Joe Flacco, he put together some of his better numbers. And that's a guy with no athleticism, but the big arm that you're talking about about and he had some of his best career numbers so it does help quarterbacks and I think it would be a system you could drop someone into uh I put the odds still very low that the Vikings take him if he's on the board but I don't want to count it out because it makes a lot of sense with where they are in their trajectory so let's uh oh sorry go ahead one last point that I want to make on this he to me Trey Lance if you're a Vikings fan if you're listening to this and thinking 
well, who, like, what quarterbacks could they pick? They, it needs to be Trey Lance or no one else in that second tier. Kyle Trask, we saw the other night um, in that bowl game, he does not have the arm. He would be kind of a taller version of Kirk Cousins. And Mac Jones, I think, is the same thing. He's been ridiculously productive at Alabama. Limited athlete, limited arm. If you're going to pick one with a long view, if you're the Vikings and you're going to say, listen, you are not going to play a snap until at least 2022. Kirk Cousins is our guy. And contractually and just with the finances, that's probably going to be the case regardless of who the backup is. Trey Lance has to be the guy because of what I said earlier. The sky is really the limit for him because he has the athleticism and the arm talent that those other quarterbacks after Lawrence Fields and Wilson do not have. My concern is with the way that they look at quarterbacks that, you know, they might have a type and Kyle Trask or Mac Jones might be more the type, um, uh, which I think, right, would make everyone go, <laughs> right? Um, especially and, at 13 overall. Yeah, right, yeah. And I don't think that they would do that at 13 overall. Lance is the only guy, like you said, that they should do. But, you know, them drafting Nate Stanley last year, as opposed to, I'm not saying there were superstars in the seventh, but there were some other guys like Tyler Huntley or whatever his name was. Uh, the, you know, there were guys like that that I remember going, hey, that guy might be interesting or that guy might be interesting because he's a good athlete or had really good accuracy or something. And they went with Nate Stanley. And you just like, why? Why don't you just take that pick and put it in your bonfire? I mean, there's just no reason whatsoever to take a seventh round quarterback with no upside whatsoever. Uh, anyway, their drafting could be uh, and will be um, other podcasts to analyze some of the strange decisions that they've made. How are the, how's that long snapper working out for you? So anyway, <laughs> but let's talk about some of the other names that Vikings fans need to know to start to get ready for the first round. Uh, I think it begins Chris with the defensive line because um, <clears throat> everyone watched Christmas day, right? <laughs> like they just got yes. steamrolled on Christmas day and uh, pick a position um, you know, a defensive tackle, Michael Pierce is going to be there. And of course, you know, Daniil Hunter is expected to return unless there's a surprise trade or something like that. But the three technique positions since Tom Johnson left and really since Sharif Floyd had his uh, career ending surgery, it's just been in flux. And so that position is needed and certainly an edge rusher when, and I'm sorry I bring this up so often on the podcast, but it just really blows my mind that Yannick Ngakwe still leads the team in sacks. And so when that happens, you need edge rushers more than one, probably. So give me what, what do we got for strength of defensive linemen who might be available in the first round? Well, splitting this up into the, into those two positions that you talked about, the three technique spot is not very good in this draft class. I, I don't really think at this point, and I'm not going to say I've, I've watched and evaluated all the defensive tackles, uh, I don't think, though, right now there's someone that would be worth picking number 13 overall. There's been. The last couple draft classes have been really good on the defensive line. If I were the Vikings, I would go edge rusher. I think the edge rusher class, both in terms of its top end talent and its depth, like even into the second and third rounds, I think there's going to be multiple like really quality edge rushers picked early top, say, 50, 60 picks in the 2021 draft. Uh the player to me, and if we're kind of segueing off Trey Lance, Gregory Rousseau from Miami, that before the season having the 15 and a half sacks at Miami as a redshirt freshman in 2019, like every mock draft, including mine, it was like, okay, he's going to be a top five pick. 
He's six seven, two sixty, really good athlete. Um, I think speaking to Donnell Hunter as well, that you know, he was kind of this raw player that Mike Zimmer really coached up and turned him into an elite edge rusher. Gregory Rousseau, that would be more of a long view because I do think he is pretty raw. Um, and a lot of what he did in 2019 with those 15 and a half sacks was on stunts and twists. Um, and where some of them were covered sacks, not a lot of just one-on-one victories, but six, seven, two sixty-five at 19 years old. That's very enticing for someone like Mike Zimmer. Um, it's kind of hard to peg who will be there. His, his teammate, Jalen Phillips, um, who was at UCLA transferred to Miami was the number one in, uh, recruit in the entire nation, regardless of position, just a few years ago, has some concussions at UCLA, and to me is more pro-ready. He is pass rushing moves, swim move to the inside, ball rush, speed around the corner, bend. Like I think right now he's a better player. I think Rousseau, because he's a little taller um, and can play a lot of different positions on the defensive line, has higher upside or more potential. Those two names are trying to kind of zero in on who's going to be available in the middle of the draft. Those two um, are the most intriguing to me. And and one more player, not getting a lot of buzz right now, Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh uh, has increased his statistics every year, tackles for loss, sacks, pressures at Pittsburgh. And you watch him, he's listed at 6'5", 260. I think he could add more weight to his frame, or maybe that's a little bit exaggerated by the team's website. But similar to Jalen Phillips, knows how to use his hands, and there's great burst off his snap. He just looks to me maybe like he doesn't have a true trump card where he's going to come in and dominate with one skill, but good burst, pretty good bend, high motor, a nice arsenal of pass rushing moves. I think with a strong combine, he'll be someone that will really rise up boards and would look really good opposite Donnell Hunter with the Vikings. want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There are many great designs. Someone on Twitter recently sent their John Randall shirt, and there's the Can't Stop the Thielen hats, the Tecmo Bowl throwback shirt, and much more. All of their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use the code Code Purple Insider for free shipping. That's S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Soda Stick, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. Man, football. Like uh, Once we're talking about high motors, like, it's draft season, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, unless you're really excited about Lions and um, Vikings on Sunday. Probably not. Uh, what about uh, Quiddy Pay? Is that the product, uh, correct pronunciation? I mean, I to, a lot of people have him very high. And in this draft simulation that I did, he ended up going fourth. Um, is that um, a possibility? Because I've seen other ones where in mock drafts where he is uh, around where the Vikings are picking. Yeah, I didn't talk about uh, Quiddy Pay because I don't think he's going to be there at 13. He's mm-hmm. kind of moved into the presumptive first edge rusher off the board. Uh, I said it on the Prospect podcast that, you know, he got a lot of notoriety when Bruce Feldman put him number one on his freaks list over the summer. Like it's a top 40 list of the most athletic players in college football, like some past winners were 
Tristan Wirfs, who's had a fantastic rookie season at right tackle for the Buccaneers. Saquon Barkley, Miles Garrett. Uh, there have been a lot of players that have gone really, really, really early in the draft. And then at Michigan this year, he only played in four games. Michigan season kind of got derailed due to COVID. Um, but he showed in those four games, I think he had 22 pressures. Like he showed that he got better using his hands more effective, using a variety of pass rushing moves. So you say this guy's the most athletic player pound for pound in college football. Bruce Feldman's very well sourced around the nation. And, oh, now he's showing that he knows how to win with more than just his speed and bend and power around the edge. He can win to the inside and knows how to uh, beat blockers with his hands. So I think to get all the way to 13 and not have an edge rusher picked, and I can't really think of anyone, there isn't anyone, who's going to go in front of him. I think the Vikings would actually have to trade up if they were to want to pick Quiddy Pay, who's a really good prospect. Okay, that makes sense, that uh, this is why it doesn't really help you to have beaten Jacksonville in overtime, <laughs> that, that no. now you have to rely on other guys uh, that you were talking about that all have at least some sort of knock on them, and that's what you get in the middle of the first round. Um, I know that there's someone listening right now who is saying, if you guys don't talk about guards and tackles, I'm I'm going to come to your house. Um, because, I mean, Vikings fans are so exhausted of the offensive line talk. And every team has their offensive line issues for the most part. But this team in particular, every third down in five, six, seven is a stunt or a twist up the middle that is a pressure on Kirk Cousins. It's been that way for years. Uh, I've covered a different left guard every single year of my Vikings coverage career which That's is amazing un- um, it is amazing like that not not two years in a row would you have a guy play that position as the starter and you know carry that over to the next season so um is there other than Panay Sewell who will obviously go top three top four depending on how things work out other than him which the Vikings are out of that conversation is there somebody in that middle of the first round who you would say um, would be the target on the offensive line? Yeah, I'll say this, that for as excited as I am about the edge rusher class, a lot of those players that I brought up, Gregory Rousseau's a little raw. Patrick Jones probably has to show that he's a great athlete at the combine. Jalen Phillips only has one season of production. I'm more excited about the offensive line class, especially and Vikings Any of those listeners that that want to hear about the offensive line will be ecstatic. The two players that I believe the Vikings should really be focused in on, and if they don't want to go quarterback, which obviously the most valuable position on the field, and they do want to fortify the offensive line to give you some stability at the left guard spot for your coverage, the both players can play tackle or guard equally as well. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC and Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Both players have played guard in the past, finished their final seasons at their respective schools at left tackle, and were completely lights out. I actually just finished up grading Elijah Vera Tucker last night, and his film completely blew me away. Because I remember watching him over the summer at left guard, and I said this, and I wrote going into the season, if you are in a zone blocking scheme, you want to draft Elijah Vera Tucker because he's a supreme athlete, pretty powerful, not crazy long, but he was playing guard. And then when I heard in late August that USC was moving him to left tackle, I was like, that's intriguing. And what what you have said on some 
prospect podcast that it speaks to what the coaching staff how they view the athleticism of that player to say, hey, you were really good at left guard. Let's try you at left tackle. Wasn't sure what to expect, but in terms of his burst off the snap, how well-balanced he is, no inside counter moves phase him whatsoever because he can slide his feet so quickly. He has kind of that run game mentality as a left tackle that he gets up and under, whether it be a defensive tackle, a linebacker on a combo block, very, very clean film. There was one play where a speed rush kind of got to him and he held uh, the outside uh, edge rusher and got called for a hold. Beyond that, I don't think I would have downgraded any play that I saw from Elijah Vera Tucker this season. Very, very good prospect. And he has positional flexibility. A lot of what I just said about Elijah Vera Tucker from USC applies to Rashawn Slater at Northwestern. The only difference Rashawn Slater opted out before the season, so we didn't get to see him this year. But famously, he was the player last year that did the best job against Chase Young. And to me, what was beyond just saying, okay, he did a pretty good job against Chase Young, Chase Young is like 6'5", almost 6'6", 270 with long arms. Rashawn Slater, a former guard who's maybe 6'4", maybe 310 or 15 pounds, was able to stymie Chase Young and a lot of their one-on-one battles despite not having the reach to get into his frame and not having the power. He he was not that much heavier than Chase Young last season. But another one, zone blocking scheme. That's why I think it's perfectly teed up for the Vikings. Zone blocking scheme and someone that you want to get out on the move in the screen game, Rashawn Slater and Elijah Vera Tucker, I think if you change their helmets and their uniforms, you wouldn't really be able to tell a difference between the two players. They're what I tweeted last night that they're both twitchy technicians. Like they're so quick off the snap. They're not going to be beat around the corner against those six three, six four, two hundred and forty pound stand up edge rushers. And then at the second level, they're going to find linebackers and be very compact and under control in the run game. So those two players, I think the value would be there. And the positional need is there. They're two blue chip prospects. Whether you want to play him at left tackle to replace Riley Reef, or you want to get some stability at left guard um, and then maybe move them out or move them out and then move them back in, whatever you want to do, those two players need to be firmly on the Vikings radar and for all the listeners of this podcast because they would be really good selections at number 13 overall. And I've been critical of the Vikings handling of Ezra Cleveland, putting him at right guard when he was a left tackle. But in this yeah, case, that was weird. Yeah, I was not a fan of that. Uh, agree. Uh, I mean, it's just, come on. Um, the guy plays left tackle his whole career at Boise State, and then you move him to the other side, not but not to right tackle, but to right guard. And then, no surprise, um, lots of tough moments there in pass protection. But if you're talking about someone who has played left guard and then could start there and kick out eventually, that sounds like a plan. It sounds like an actual plan to have um, maybe it ends up being Riley Reef or Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, and then you know your draft pick uh, Garrett Bradbury, and then you know Brian O'Neill locking it down on the right side. I mean, then all of a sudden you feel like at least you've invested a lot, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But um, at very least, you've tried your best to rebuild it in a way that makes some sense. And what you just said, like that presumed starting lineup for 2021, they will have finally 
come to fruition an offensive line that is really athletic and ready to not just like be plugged in and be average that can really excel in this Kubiak scheme that I loved Ezra Cleveland at left tackle Brian O'Neill coming out I remember coming on one of your shows and saying hey this guy's super athletic he just needs to get bigger and stronger if and when he does that he can be a really good tackle in the NFL we saw that this season if you throw in Elijah Vera Tucker uh, or Rashawn Slater at left guard, obviously Garrett Bradbury, which would be entering year three. You would have so many quality athletes up front in that Kubiak system, and it could be a line that would go from, oh, this is a weakness, it's a liability, it's average, to this is the type of line that Gary Kubiak has wanted his entire coaching career. So um, there's other positions we could make a case for touching on. Safety is one of them if Anthony Harris uh, goes or corner probably. But let's just do one more um, since we talked a lot about Trey Lance, and I'm sure we will in the future as well. Uh, But let's just talk about wide receiver because the Vikings have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. and Delvin Cook. What a group of weapons here. But to me – it's like pizza. You can just always have one more slice. You can always have one more weapon. And you know what? I've never, and, and you're from Buffalo, so you know great pizza as well. I have never gone back to the box of pizza and had one more slice and thought, I regret that. Never. Not a single time in my entire life. Nope. Nope. It always is great. And so goes for having great wide receivers. And the Vikings once upon a time had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed and went 15-1 and and had a historic offense. And Robert Smith deserves credit as well. I mean, do it again. There's a pretty good case to say do it again. And I think looking at this group in the first round, there is a strong argument for looking at this group of receivers and saying, can you imagine Justin Jefferson – one of these guys who's available, and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith and Delvin Cook, I think it makes for one of the best groups of weapons in the NFL instantly if you draft a wide receiver in the first round. And what's crazy, too, is that Randy Moss, uh, Jake Reed, Chris Carter team, that was like 1998, right? So that was before we are where we are today in that we've seen over the last really only year or two, and I wrote about this after last year's draft, uh, where teams are understanding, hey, we don't need just a number one. We don't maybe even just need a number one and then a good number two. We need a number three. Like, look what the Buffalo Bills have done. Look what – I know their season has kind of gone haywire, but what the Cowboys have with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and then they pick CeeDee Lamb out of nowhere. Um, I think the league is shifting toward, like what you said, to go back to that box of pizza and get another slice, get another wide receiver. And if you're saying that you're skeptical that the Vikings would actually pick a quarterback in the first round and they're going to ride Kirk Cousins out, why not get Kirk Cousins another weapon? It is a very good receiver class, and I think it is actually how the season has transpired is beneficial to the Vikings. That Jalen Waddell, super explosive wide receiver from Alabama that plays a lot bigger than his 5'11 frame, great in contested catch situations. I think he's like a 40-inch vertical guy at the combine. Gets hurt on a pretty simple tackle on a kick return early in the season. That will probably push him down the board a little bit. Uh, And the fact that Devonta Smith, his teammate, is setting all these Alabama records, will probably be a Heisman candidate, could win the Heisman. He's 6'1", 175. I think a team picking him despite – all the route smoothness and how good he is in contested cut situations and speed 
is he going to go top five, top seven at 6'1", 178 or something like that? I, I don't know. And then you have Jamar Chase that was the number one in terms of getting down the field to Justin Jefferson last year in that epic LSU offense opted out. So like we said earlier, are these opt-outs beyond Penny Sewell still going to go super early? So I think from like pick six to maybe pick 15 or 16, that's when those three receivers are most likely going to go off the board. And even if a team just fell in love with Jamar Chase and said, all right, we're done, we're picking him wherever we ultimately select, that still leaves Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith most likely at least one of them will be available at number 13 overall. And I think that could take the Vikings to a new level on offense. It would actually force this team to stop running the football so much and throw <laughs> it to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and their other complimentary targets. Yeah, and I think uh, Mike Zimmer just hung up the phone on you. Like, no, I will not. <laughs> I will not stop running the football. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championships, and futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Even there's even a, an argument to. And, and like, I know we're not anywhere close to draft season. We're just kind of laying the foundation here. But, you know, trade down potentially and look at someone like Rondale Moore and try to pick up uh, playmakers and more drafts uh, capital and things like that. So their options are going to be um, numerous, I would say. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, when we talk it over, one of the things to think about just is – 
how much they need and how much not having a second round pick hurt them. I mean, I, I will let it go eventually, but it's somebody on, on the website commented because I gr- went back and graded every offseason move um, from last year and I gave it a D minus the Ngakwe trade. And the only reason I didn't give it an F was because they bailed at the right time. <laughs> and that's, the, I mean, that's yeah. like a weird um, sort of passive aggressive way of, uh, you know, looking at it, but somebody commented that it should be an F minus because of how much it hurts and how much second round picks have actually helped the Vikings in recent years. Irv Smith Jr. and, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill and, and, and Delvin Cook, their key players have come from the second round. You traded that away for a guy who helped you go one in five to start the season. So um, they're, they're now suddenly in a spot where they have way more needs and they, they can be a best player available team if they're not drafting a quarterback. Yeah, they certainly could do that, and I, I do think trying to get back that second-round pick should be one of the top priorities. I certainly you know, always say that if you have a chance to get a quarterback, you do that. But if, if they're going to say, look, we're sticking with Kirk Cousins, we're not going to pick a quarterback, getting that second-round pick is vital because of the team's history um, that this GM, this regime has done a good job identifying quality players in round two and that they could move back just a couple of picks to get that second rounder. One other name at the receiver spot that I want to bring up, and I will send your listeners to YouTube to watch him, Amon Ra St. Brown from USC. You can watch Elijah Vera Tucker on the offensive line. Amon Ra St. Brown, I watched him recently. He reminds me of Stephon Diggs, Mm. that he is so elusive after the catch. And the one knock on him going into this season, he's only a junior, was – at around six foot and 190 pounds, which is right around where Stefan Diggs is, can he win in those contested catch situations? Is he too much of a body catcher? And I literally think this offseason he put in the work to improve that weakness because in terms of plucking the football over his head, whether he was hit or whether a safety or a linebacker was running underneath the route, he showed the ability. There were some drops. But to make those contested catches, he's super twitchy, knows how to beat press coverage at the line. That's someone, you're at 13, you trade back even to 18 or 19 or 20, pick Amon Ross St. Brown, and you get that second-round selection. I think he's someone that as more people start to watch film and we start to really ramp up draft season, that after the big three of Jamar Chase, uh, Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown will firmly be in that second tier. And certainly Vikings fan know that you can pick a receiver. He could be the fifth guy off the board and you can still get a high quality wide receiver in Justin Jefferson this past season. Amon Ross St. Brown, he'll give you a double dip. You can watch the left tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker, watch number eight for USC. He's a really talented and polished wide receiver prospect. Go follow Chris Trapasso on Twitter. That is T-R-A-P-A-S-S-O. And listen to the Prospect Podcast. If you enjoyed this uh, draft back and forth, there is much more where that came from with me and Chris. Um, So the first, what, three episodes? We have four episodes or three episodes are up now? Three Um, episodes out, yep. Three episodes are up, so go check those out. The Prospect Podcast, part of the uh, the old Blue Wire Network, as this podcast is as well. So, Chris, uh, great catching up with you again. We just talked like yesterday or two days ago uh, for the Prospect Podcast, but um, I wanted to let all of our listeners know what we're doing over there and uh, to get a, a glimpse of your excellent draft coverage. So thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Matt.